Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Talking about the revelation of Jesus Christ and the letter that was written by John for the servants of God to us, not the nation of Israel. Now, we're told by the so-called Christian church world in eschatology that we are pre-tribulation rapture that we don't have to worry from Revelation 4, verse 1, we're in heaven. That's just not the case. Now let's take a look at the Word of God, and it says what it means and means what it says. When we see in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, Jesus talks about the temple there, that there will be not one stone left upon top of another, that shall not be thrown down. Now we know Titus, son of Vespasian, 70 AD, fulfilled that prophecy. But there's things that Jesus spoke about the coming of the Lord and uh, at that end of the world, the end of the age, the end of the eon. And that's what he said, let no man deceive you by any means. As we look at that, he says, this is the Mount Olivet Discourse, and he said, Take heed that no man deceive you. Why? Because there will be a great deception in the last days. And we find in Second Thessalonians, the second chapter, <clears throat> that the Antichrist is here and is revealed. How does that happen? Well, he talks about the coming of the Lord are gathering together unto him. That's the rapture, the harpazo. There's no doubt about it, because Paul states in 2 Thessalonians 1, talking about not being soon shaken in mind, or by letters from us, or angels, that are gathering concerning the gathering together to the Lord, the coming of the Lord, and are gathering together to meet him in the air. The so-called rapture. Now, he goes on and states that... There are things that must happen and not to be soon shaken in mind that we are to be resolved in the faith instead steadfastly in the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And that is the reason for the revealing of Jesus Christ to his servants, not the nation of Israel, to the servants of God, the ones called by the name of Jesus. He goes on and says, for many shall come in my name, in the name of Jesus, saying, I am Christ, anointed, and shall deceive many. John states the same thing. In 1 John 4, 1, there's many false prophets that's entered into the world. Therefore, try you the spirits, whether they are of God or not. And that's where the revelation of Christ and the height, depth, length, and width of Christ it has to be known in order to be sealed, to stand, to be established in the doctrine of Christ. If any man abide not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. Second John 9. Then they'll say, I'm Christ. Well, John tells us, here's how you try the spirits. Any spirit that confesses <clears throat> that Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, the Christ, is come in the flesh, not has come, is come. Present in perfect tense, still in operation today, is come in the flesh, that is the body of Christ, 
still coming in the flesh. There are people still receiving the believers, the Holy Ghost. That's Jesus Christ that's come in the flesh. Not has come. Is come. Is of God. To have that revelation, you must know that Jesus Christ is that spirit. Galatians 4 verse 6, God has sent forth the spirit of his son, which is Christ, which is the Holy Ghost, which is the father of glory. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, because it's one and the self-same spirit. There's only one body, one spirit. And that is the first revelation we get in the first book of Revelation, in the first chapter. And that is that Jesus is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty God. That's the first step. We have to know his person. The Lord Jesus is that spirit. But we don't stop there. Then we go to chapter 2 and 3. Now it's written to the overcomer. And the overcomer there goes from a newborn babe to little children. They know he's the Lord. So that's taken care of in the first chapter. We must confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of the Father. And that he is the Father of glory. He states that many times. John 10, 30. I and my Father are one. He says it again in John 8. 24, they ask, where's your father? Jesus said, except you believe that I am he, the father of glory, you shall die in your sins. He states it over again. I and my father are one. And in John 14, said, you believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house and many mansions were not so. I would have told you. I got to prepare a place for you. That where I am, there you may be also, and whether I go, you know, and the way you know. Well, Thomas said to him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's the way, he's the spirit of truth, he is the life, and all life is in Christ Jesus. It pleased the Father that in him all life should dwell. But henceforth you both know him and have seen him. Now Philip, standing by, said, Lord, show us the Father, and that suffices us. That'll be sufficient. Jesus replied, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believe me that I am in my Father, my Father in me. Or else believe me for the work's sake. All the miracles you're sealing and he's doing in the kingdom of God is the Father doing it. Jesus said, I can of my own self do nothing. What I see the Father do, that's what I do. The words that I speak are not mine, but the Father that dwelleth in me. Houses permanently in me, forever, eternal world without end. He's the one doing the works. There again, all the apostles in their epistles 
will tell us the same thing. The Lord is that spirit, 2 Corinthians 3.17. That's what Paul states. And the Lord is Jesus, and he is the Lord. But Jude tells us where that the church, the worldly church, has jumped track. We're not hitting the mark. And he said, we are to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. What is that faith? He said, there are certain men that have crept in unawares with these subtle, seducing spirits and doctrines of devils who were ordained in condemnation. Ungodly men. What did they do? They denied denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. The only Lord God is the invisible spirit of God. Jesus is the only God. He states over and over again, Deuteronomy 32, Isaiah 42, 43, 44, all through the word of God, that he is God alone. Beside him, there is no other God. I know not any, Jesus said. There is no God, Junior. There's no second person of the Godhead, or he would state that. There is not one. So therefore, we're earnestly contending for that faith that was delivered to the early church in Acts, the second chapter, that he is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, Jesus Christ, the Son of God is the Father revealed. Paul told us he is a blessed and only potentate, the omnipotent, Jesus Christ, 1 Timothy 6, 15, 16, who only hath immortality. There's not another. Dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. No other man, not Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, none of the prophets, major prophets, minor prophets, None of the apostles, no one. He is the only begotten God, the monogamous Theos. He's the only begotten Son, monogamous Hills. He's the only begotten one, the monogamous Yaquid. So unique, solitary, one, and never will be another. That's stated in Isaiah 43.10. Thus saith the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, Lord Jehovah God Almighty, self-existent, eternal spirit of God, and my servant whom I have chosen. That's the man. That you may know and believe me and understand. It's not some mystery that we don't have. It's given to us to know the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, as Paul stated in Colossians 2, 1 through 9. To the full assurance and the understanding of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. In him are ahead all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. But Jesus stated in John 16, I will no more speak to you in Proverbs, but I will show you plainly the Father. And at that day you will ask in my name, not Father in the name of Jesus. That's putting Jesus before the death, burial, and resurrection. After his glorification in that day, you will ask in my name, and I say not that I'll pray the Father for you. Why? Because he is that spirit. The intercessor is the spirit itself. 
he maketh intercession for us. According to the will of God, we see that in Romans 8. Paul stated, no man knows how he ought to pray. The Spirit itself maketh intercession. The Spirit's a capital S. That's Jesus. With groanings, which cannot be uttered according to the will of God. That's the only way we build up ourselves upon our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, Jude 20. That's the Lord Jesus Christ, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Who is this Christ? Of the doctrine of Christ. Acts 2.36 Let all the house of Israel know assuredly that same Jesus whom you crucified, God hath made him both Lord, of God Almighty, and Christ, the Holy Ghost. He is a blessed and only potentate, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, God Almighty. 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16. All power in heaven and earth is given unto him, the man Christ Jesus, in Matthew 28, 18. I did not leave the Father powerless. So the first step in the revelation of Jesus, we have to come and return to the Lord. We have to know at least his person of who he is. And that's earnestly contended for the faith that we have through the tradition of the elders made the word of God in none effect. These ungodly men, these foreordained to condemnation, Jude tells us, denying the only Lord God. That was their message. They did not give Jesus the glory of the Father. They said he's the second person of the Godhead. They disesteem the name of Jesus, which is Jehovah is salvation, not Jehovah Jr. He is Emmanuel, God with us. It's written, the book of the Revelation, to the saints are those that sanctified holy, both spirit, soul, and body. That's sanctification. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Therefore, we have to Search ye out of the book and read, not one of these things will fail. And we search the scriptures, for in them we think we have eternal life. And these are they that testify of me, Jesus said. The first chapter in the book of the Revelation, in the revealing of Jesus, is number one thing, the predominant, that he is the Almighty God. You see that in Revelation 1.8. But he's going to go on. John is going to go on. For us, the servants of God, not the nation Israel, but for the servants of God. He said in Matthew 24, the ones that are called by the name of Jesus, the true body of Christ, ye will deliver you up to be afflicted. Why would they do that? And shall kill you. You'll see your testimony with your own blood. Why? And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. The name Jesus, we believe on the name of the Son of God. What is that name? What does it mean? What's the essence of that name? G, Jehovah, Sus is salvation. Jehovah is salvation. That is Yeshua. Jehovah is salvation. Not Jehovah Jr., not a second person of the Godhead, 
not a oneness where the man is not God, but stand at the right hand of God. No. Jesus is that spirit. And that's where we have to come back to that faith that was once delivered to the saints. They knew who Jesus, the Son of God, is, which is the Father revealed. He is the Father revealed. That's the reason Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He states very plainly, emphatically, in John 8, 24, except you believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. We have to understand and give him the glory due to his name, that he is God. He is Christ. He is that spirit, 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. The Old Testament prophets searched diligently into the grace that should come unto us. Searching what or what manner of time, the spirit, capital S-P-I-R-I-T, of Christ that was in them, God, the Holy Ghost, Christ, that spirit of God. God is a spirit. And the spirit of Christ that was in them is how they testified. When it signified, when it testified before him, the sufferings of Christ. It's not Christ different, Christ junior. Christ, the spirit, is Christ the man. In the days of his flesh, he simply made himself of no reputation to work as a man. Still the spirit of God. How then, the law, even though God is manifest in the flesh, the mystery of godliness, 1 Timothy 3.16. The law is still there until Jesus sheds his incorruptible, holy, righteous blood. Blameless Lamb of God had taken away the sin of the world. The law then separated even God manifests in the flesh until Jesus dies on the cross and breaks down the middle wall of partition. That's still separating the spirit that Jesus is from his own body of flesh and blood. God was in Christ, reconciling the world back into himself. That is, that man Christ Jesus is one of us. He was an Adam after the fall. Not an Adam before the fall. And what the law could not do in that it was weak in the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Somebody said, well, did the father send the second person of the Godhead? No. Well, how did he send him? Galatians 4 verse 4 tells you how God sent his son made of a woman. The word itself, God himself, is through the very record in heaven, the Father, Word, and the Holy Ghost. This is one in the self-same spirit. The Father is the ministerial office of the Spirit of God. The Word is the expression office of the same spirit. And the Holy Ghost is the power office of that same spirit. One spirit. These three are one, heist, one and the self-same spirit. Now, the word was made flesh. He sent his word. And that word is not the son of God. The word is the word. When the word was made flesh, then we have the only begotten son of God. Who's the only begotten God? Who's the only begotten one? We see that in Isaiah 43.10. Paul gives us again the revelation of that in Philippians 2.6-8. Jesus, who being in the form of God, spirit, taught him not robbery to be equal to God, 
all the attributes of God are equal. But made himself, God himself, of no reputation. Kenosis. Laid aside his glory and all of his attributes. Why? To become a man. He took on him the form of a servant. He's still God. He never ceased and desists from being God. He just laid aside his glory, made himself a no reputation, a self-imposed limitation upon himself, so that he'd only work salvation as a man. Because a man lost it, only a man can redeem us back. Who is that man? Well, it's a servant. God said, that's me. Not a second person in the Godhead. It's God himself. Isaiah 43.10. Thus saith the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, and my servant whom I have chosen. Sounds like two. <clears throat> that you may know and believe me and understand. Understand this. Not from a seminary. Not from a Bible college. Not from the tradition of the elders. That's made the word of God in that effect. But believe God. That you may believe me and understand. God said that I am he. The Lord Jehovah God Almighty. The self-existent eternal spirit is that servant. I am he. And he goes and explains it. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall thee after me. See now that I am God thy Savior, the Lord thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, not a holy trinity. We jump track. And God is, is now wanting us to return to him. And he will show forth his judgments, his rod and his staff, that we will not be condemned with the world to give us the revelation of who he is, the revelation of Jesus. That he is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the ending. Which is, wasn't it, it's to come, the Almighty, the Almighty God, Revelation 1.8. That's how we start the last day work of the ministry knowing that he is God. The Son of God is the Father revealed, not a separate person. That devils know that. They believe in one God and tremble. You believe in one God, you do well. They say, well, I believe in one God, just three persons. There's only one person. And that's where we say we believe in God, that he is God who is one, yet we claim three in some kind of a hypostatic union, which annuls the revelation of Jesus. It completely disesteems him that he is not the Father. The Son of God is the Father. The devils came to Jesus and said, Lord, we know who thee, who thou art. You're the Holy One of Israel. You're the God, thy Savior, the Lord, that Redeemer. That's who you are. That's exactly who Jesus is, always has been. He's always been God. All things were made by him. Paul tells the church at Colossia that all things were made by Jesus Christ, where they be principalities, powers, thrones, things visible, invisible. All things were made by him. He's the creator. He is the father of glory. He is the word. He is the father. He is the Holy Ghost. He always has been. But to redeem us, in the fullness of time, Galatians 4, verse 4. God sent forth his son, made of a woman. That's God making himself 
a body of flesh and blood, just as he said he would. In Isaiah 43.10, Before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. Paul said the same thing. Philippians 2, 6 through 8. Jesus, who being in the form of God, Spirit, made himself of no reputation, laid aside his glory, took on him the form of a servant. There's the form. That form is morpha, which is an eternal state. It's not something you put off and take back on. And No, it's an eternal state. Our God, that invisible Spirit of God, took on the form of a servant. That's an eternal state. That made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man, God himself. That's the reason they crucified Jesus. Thou being a man, makest thyself God. For this reason we stone you. What if you shall see the Son of Man ascend back up to heaven, where he was before, before Pilate? What further need we have of any witnesses? This man blasphemes. That's the reason they crucified him. He is the eternal God Almighty that is and was manifest in the flesh in the days of his flesh. Everything that God is from A to Z, Jesus is. Revealed. The revealed name of God is Jesus, Jehovah's salvation. It's the blood name of God, Jesus. That When you preach that man's name, the book of Acts says, you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. That's a blood name. That's a revealed name. That's the only redemption name of God there is. Jesus. There's not another. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Acts 4.12. Jesus Christ. Not another. He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. And that will be the final revelation of Jesus King of kings and Lord of lords, and on his vesture dipped in blood when he treads the wine press of the wrath of Almighty God alone, revealing his name, his glory, that he is the Father, manifest in flesh. The Son of God is the Father revealed. And when they do that, and on his vesture dipped in blood, his name is called, invoked, revealed, the Word of God. Revelation 19.13. Though the whole revelation of Jesus is to reveal unto us not only his person in Revelation 1.8, but the work of the ministry as well. First thing we have to do is realize who this book is written to. Most of the churches say, and the pastors tell them, stay out of the book of the Revelation. That has nothing to do with you. It's for the nation of Israel. That is a gross lie. That's a colossal lie. It's written to the servants of God. It's the heartstrings of God in his seven seal where God shivered himself, sevened himself. That's the seal. It reveals the very heart of God. That's the reason you add anything to the words of the book of this prophecy. The plagues of this book will be added unto you. You take away from the words of the book of this prophecy written to you, this the church of the living God. Your name will be blotted out of the holy city and out of the book of life. Though blessed are they that read and keep the sayings of the book of this prophecy. How do you understand the book of this prophecy? 
Well, you have to have the spirit of prophecy to understand the book of this prophecy. And that is revealed to us in Revelation 19.10. John saw this man that he knew was the Lord Jesus. He had the attributes of Jesus. He walked like Jesus, looked like Jesus. He was certain this was Jesus. And he was about to bow down and worship him. Revelation 19.10. And he says, the man says, see thou doest it not. No, don't worship me. For I am of thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. That's the faith that was once delivered to the saints. That's what we're striving for, that faith that was once delivered to the saints, not only in the person of Jesus, knowing that he is God, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the Father, but he is his work as well, not only his person, but his work for the work of the ministry. That is to us, the body of Christ. We are told that there is a pre-tribulation rapture in Revelation 4.1, and you don't come back until Revelation 19. That is a bold-faced lie. It's to the servants of God. Jesus said there for his namesake. In John 16, he forewarned us. said, I forewarned you that you should not be offended. The time will come. They're going to deliver you out of the synagogues, out of the churches. Day the time cometh that whosoever kills you will think that he did God a service. Why? These things they will do unto you because they have not known the Father. Nor me, Jesus said. You don't know me, Jesus said. You don't know the Father because he's the Father revealed. But they don't know that. And because of that, they will kill you thinking they did God a service. We see that Jesus stated that in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. You're going to be hated of all nations for his name's sake. You're going to be afflicted. Some of you will be put to death. He states that. Well, those are the saints of God, those that are sanctified holy. Not Israel, not the nation. We're talking the church of the living God. Notice what Jesus said to the church at Smyrna. Here's what he says, I know thy works. And he says that many that you are, are poverty, your works and your tribulation and poverty that thou art, but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy of them that say they're Jews and are not. They're saying they're the church of the living God, but they're not. They're the synagogue of Satan. Well, that's certainly a mistaken identity. We better search out the book and read. Not one of these things will fail. Then he warns us and he says, fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Now, this is the church, not the Jewish nation. This is the church of Smyrna. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried. Your faith will be tried as by fire, that it may come forth as pure gold. The prosperity church world says, as Laodicea, we're increased with goods, we're clothed fit, and have need of nothing. We go to church and we have fellowship. We're going to be pre-tribulation raptured out. Knowing, not knowing the work of the ministry. Not knowing what they're called for. 
And the ones that say that are in, and unloyingly, many, that they are serving the queen of heaven. Somebody said, how dare you? Well, take a look. Mystery of Babylon, the great, the mother of harvest, and abominations of the earth, the world, says, I said a queen. There's a queen of heaven. And I am no widow. Married to Jesus, she says. And I will see no sorrow, no birth pains, no tribulation, no persecution. When Jesus said, these are the beginning of sorrows. These are the beginning of the birth pains for Jesus to come forth in fullness in the church of the living God to the measure of the statue of Jesus unto a perfect man. Perfection. The bride making herself ready. A church without spot, without blemish, perfect in all her ways. He's coming back for this glorious church, not for one that's backbiting, evil strife, hate, malice. He's not coming back for a carnal-minded church. He's coming back one that has made herself ready. A glorious church without spot or blemish. Well, that is perfection. Coming to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ, even as Jesus said in the Constitution of the Kingdom of Heaven. Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Be you therefore perfect, even as your Father in Heaven is perfect. That's not a suggestion. That's full grown. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers. For what? For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry is given to us in Revelation 4 on. What will be the work? Revelation 10, 11, and 12 talks about the three and a half year Jesus ministry. The ones that, that will be given power to continue 42 months. Time, times a half, three and a half years. Fulfilling the Jesus ministry. Jesus was cut off in the midst of the week, three and a half years. That remains another three and a half year Jesus ministry in fullness. And this is what we will see in the work of the ministry. But the first thing, the first step is to earnestly contend for that faith which was once delivered to the saints, that these ungodly men have crept in unawares that were ordained in the condemnation to be damned, denying the only Lord God. And that's where we are. Most of the Protestant churches believe in a trinity. And God, through his judgments, is not going to, to destroy us. He wants to correct us. And that is why he said, Come and let us return to the Lord. Hosea 6 1. For he hath torn, not the devil. He hath torn, and he will heal us. He has smitten. That's God. He will bind us up. After the second day, he will revive us. In the third day, we're in the third day now, he will raise us up, and we will live in his sight. We have to follow him to know the Lord. And if we follow him to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning. The night is far spent. The day is at hand right now. And he will come to us as the rain, not the appearing, the parousia, the coming. He'll come to us as a rain, the former. That's the book of Acts, the second chapter, the former rain and the latter rain. That's the last great rain of his strength 
where the Lord himself will be manifest in and through the body of Christ in the work of the ministry, fulfilling his week. Fulfilling that other three and a half years, 42 months, time, times and a half of the Jesus ministry, the work of the ministry, which we are all called for. So we see all through the book of the Revelation that the saints of God, the ones called by his name, they do this for the name of Jesus. You are hated for the his namesake, called by the name of Jesus. It's not Israel. They're not called by the name of Jesus. The church is. As many as been baptized into Christ have put on Christ, of whom the family in heaven and earth is named, that name Jesus. There we have, under the fifth seal, souls of them slain for the word of God and the testimony which they held. And they said, O Lord, holy and true, how long will it be before thou avenge your blood upon them that dwell on the earth? We've been killed, just as you said, but you're going to avenge our blood. When? This is the faith and the patience of the saints. He that leads into captivity will go into captivity. He that kills with the sword will die by the sword. Here is the patience and faith of the saints. When are you going to avenge our blood? White robes of righteousness were given to each one of them and said, until your fellow servants and your brethren that should be killed as you were should be fulfilled. That's not the nation of Israel. That's not the ones left behind. Matter of fact, the ones left behind are the remnant that are saved. They call good evil and evil good, and they have just about, because not reading and understanding the word of God, not understanding that the first thing he does is gather the chaff and burns it. And the wheat's what's left over. Take a look at Hebrews 12. The Lord hath promised yet once more. He will not shake the earth only, as he did with Moses and the exodus of Israel out of Egypt. That was a great time, the shofar of the voice of the trumpet, the voice of God Almighty waxed louder and louder. He shook the earth then. But Haggai says he's, he's going to shake the nations. Take a look at Amos 9, 9. God will command and sift the house of Israel, the whole house, the natural Israel and the spiritual Israel among all nations. That's God sifting. And not the least grain will fall to the ground. That's the church. But the ones that say, as Mr. Babylon says, I said a queen, they worship this false Jesus. This false church saying, I said a queen, I am no widow. I will see no sorrow, no tribulation, no birth pangs. Not going to be us. The ones left behind may be them, but not us. We find there that God said those there in Amos 9, verse 10. I'll destroy all the sinners of my people by the sword, which say, no evil shall prevent nor overtake us. We're not going to have any sorrows, no birth pangs, no tribulation. And God said, I'll destroy them by the sword because they say that. We have to understand these promises of God, lest any one of them slip any of us. We should seem to come short of entering into his rest. They were made for the rest of the people of God. We see 
there in Revelation 14, right? Blessed are they that die. Die? Take a look at that. We are not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer for his name's sake. You'll see there that Revelation 14, and he says there, uh, this the, in verse 13, Revelation 14, verse 13, heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth that die in the Lord, not the nation of Israel, called by the name of Jesus. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. The saints of God are the sanctified ones called by the name of Jesus. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. Revelation 13. Take a look at that. He says, uh, and Revelation 13, uh, verse 7, and it was given to him to make war, that Antichrist, with the saints, the ones that are sanctified holy, called by the name of Jesus. That's not the nation of Israel. And to overcome them, they'll cast truth to the ground. Daniel tells us that. And power was given him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. But what is that? Look at verse 9. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity, verse 10, shall go into captivity. He that killeth with a sword must be killed with the sword. Well, what is that? Here is the patience and the faith of the saints, the sanctified ones that are sanctified holy, both spirit, soul, and body. Those are the ones that's come to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ and literally sealing their testimony with their own blood. Daniel 7 tells us about it before exactly what's going to happen in Daniel 7. You'll see that he is stating that they're going to come against the saints of the living God. Take a look over here, and it says in Daniel 7, verse 18, but the saints of the Most High God shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. The kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, just as Daniel said and John stated in Revelation, in the Revelation. Well, who are they? Watch it now. And he says, Then I would know the truth of that fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron and his nails of brass, which devoured, breaking pieces, and stamped the residue with his feet. What's the residue? The remnant. Take a look. Verse 20, and of the ten horns that were in his head. We see that in Revelation 13. Seven has ten horns. And it says of the ten horns, and of the other which came up, before whom three fell, even of the host that had eyes and a mouth that spake very great things, which whose look was more stout than his fellows. Look at verse 21. I beheld in the same horn, made war with the saints, the sanctified ones, not Israel after the flesh, the church of the living God. 
with the saints and prevailed against them. Revelation 13 tells us that. And here's the faith and patience of the saints. He that lived in captivity, she go into captivity, killed with the sword, dies by the sword. Here's the patient faith of the saints. How can we have faith that we don't know these things and prepare for them in the sealing of the Holy Ghost? The sealing in our foreheads with the mind of Christ. Without that seal, we will never make it. But he tells us, till the ancient of days came, and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High God. And the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. That's a millennial. We'll possess the kingdom. We'll reign with Jesus as kings and priests for 1,000 years. And he talks about, he will speak in verse 25, and he shall speak great words against the Most High, against Jesus, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, the church, and shall think to change times and laws. That's the Antichrist. And they shall be given into his hand, the church, until a time, times, and dividing of a time. Three and a half years, 42 months, 1,203 score days. And that's exactly what it states in the Revelation for those to understand the work of the ministry that we will stand with the seal of the living God in our foreheads even unto death. Some will be thrown into prison by the devil for 10 days. Be you faithful unto death, I'll give you a crown of life. And your patience possess your souls. Now, I know that's not a popular message. It's the truth, though. And the ones that want the true God in eternal life must first believe who he is. That's Revelation 1. That's the first chapter. And that's that sets the person of Jesus, who he is. He is the Alpha, Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty God. Then we go into Beth. That's the church. Those are the overcomers. We see that in Revelation 2 and Revelation 3. Revelation 4, we see the work of the ministry in the four and twenty seats in heaven, or the four and twenty elders, and the four beasts, four living creatures. Those are the ones that are going to proclaim and preach the everlasting gospel to all the world for a witness in all nations. Tune into the podcast. We will go into the depth of it. Please join me on our private website also where we stream our video streaming one at least one hour a day at 2 p.m. daily, seven days a week. Go to jcic.tv. Register free of charge. And there you can ask questions and give your comments. We'd love to have you there. You can also write to me. Dennis Beard, Post Office, Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or you can contact me on our website, DennisBeard.org, SealingGodsPeople.org, SealingGodsPeople.com, or JCIC.tv. We love to hear from you. Those that are being dealt with in the Holy Ghost, and uh, you have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, and God dealing with you, we would love to meet you. And uh, even if you would like to work with us in the work of the ministry, we have... The nation's open to us now for this great work. And uh, it's there at the door. It is open. And that, in the podcast, download the free app, Sealing God's People. And we'll be doing our podcast daily on 
the sealing of God's people, what he told us in a visitation on the 19th of January, 2019. Well, we want to pray for you to perfect that which is lacking in all of us. And we all may be presented at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.